I'd like to welcome y'all to Secrets from the South. I'm your friend, Scotty Ray, along with my co-host, Terry. Now, you'll quickly catch on that we don't sound like the man on the 6 o'clock news. We talk a little slower, and we've got a southern drawl. But nonetheless, we've got a great podcast lined up just for you. We'll bring you some interesting stories. They're sometimes crazy and a little unbelievable. But it would be just plain impolite not to share them. So get yourself comfortable. Find some southern charm and a glass of iced tea and enjoy. As we start the podcast this week, we know that everybody that's listening, no matter who you are, has either been embarrassed or embarrassed themselves in some shape, form, or way. Has it happened to you? Unfortunately, yes, on more than one occasion. Yeah, well, it's happened to me, too, and I have to come clean with mine. Okay, what was it? What is the most important thing to a guy when he's getting ready to, well, he's getting serious with somebody? Um, The proposal? Yep. Really? Yep. Can you imagine that going south for you? Well, I can imagine that being pretty upsetting because, you know, I would think the guy, I mean, let's think about how elaborate everything is uh, today. And the proposal being one of them where you really uh, put a lot of thought into it, hopefully, and you've bought the ring and you want everything to go according to plan. I'm assuming that your story says it doesn't go that way okay, for you. Okay, now after listening to you, I see where I made my mistake from the start. W- what was it? <laughs> Well, my biggest mistake is never tell anybody you're going to do it. Ever. Oh, yeah. Who did you tell? I made the mistake of telling my family. And why was that a bad thing? Well, they took the moment away from me. We oh, s- no. Oh, yeah. It just ruined it. I bring her home to dinner to my parents. And in my head, I'm going to ask her later on that night to marry me. We sit down at uh, dinner. And we're sitting there. And right in the middle of it, my mama goes, have you asked her yet? Uh-uh. And it was obvious what I was going to ask her the way she said it. And it was just over there. So what did you end up doing? I had to go ahead and ask her then because it just really just diluted everything. And, and so it embarrassed you? Yeah, bad embarrassed me because I didn't want it that way. Yeah, I mean, especially if you... So how did you kind of have this planned? Well, I was going to finish my cornbread first, and then I was going to move on to it. <laughs> but... <laughs> So what did you do after you asked her? You just said, hey, by the way, if you'll say yes, we hand me the peas and the fried chicken? Yeah, it sort of went that way. I'm telling you, the moment was weren't. I went ahead. She did say yes, but, you know, that magic was gone, and it was downright embarrassing. Yeah, I bet it was. So sit back and enjoy this week's podcast titled, The Awkward Moment. down to this, I don't guess it matters who you are, what status in life you are, there have been embarrassing moments that the, the mere thought of it, you turn red of thinking back on it. Oh, you will never forget it because it was embarrassing then. And the unfortunate thing is, hey, while you can kind of laugh about it now, the the thing about it is, it's still embarrassing to a certain degree now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, you can't shake it. And, you know, after I've looked at different stories that float around, one of the the common things is, uh, well, somebody accidentally passing gas. That seems to be like a big thing of happening. Oh, yeah. You either choose to, one, ignore it, or two, you know, yeah. Somebody, but, you know, when you choose to ignore it, 
somebody is sitting there in silence hoping and praying that you don't think that was me. Yeah. Because <laughs> hey, that's happened in church before. I've, and you go, okay, what just happened here? Well, and then sometimes you hear something like that, and it's a legitimate sound that didn't come from right. your it body. It could be a, a chair. You know, yeah, chairs after, make noises. Oh, yeah, and you go to sit down, and somebody laughs and laughs, and you're like, but wait a minute. That wasn't me. And, you know, they're laughing, sure, sure, sure. But it really wasn't. It was the chair or it was whatever else. And, you know, it was. that kind of reminds me of when it was the thing to have the whoopee cushion. Oh, I remember the whoopee cushions. Yeah, oh, my goodness. I had a whoopee cushion. My daughter had a whoopee cushion. I mean, those are some funny things. But that's funny because you can at least play it off and say, well, that was a joke. That wasn't reality. You know, one of the next things that, you know, once something happened, you can't take it back. And less did you ever like slammed your your finger in a car door and you might have said an ugly word? Oh, yeah. And the preacher happened to be walking by. You know, it's one of those embarrassing moments that you just, you, you know, you said it. You can't take it back. He doesn't hurt you. Everybody doesn't hurt you. Or think about this. I just thought about the fact that you just hit on something. How many times have you heard about your children maybe repeating something that you have said in the privacy of your own home, and then they say out in the general public. And kids are, I mean, what you see is what you get. They have no filter because they're not old enough to distinguish what is appropriate conversation and what is not. Yeah, you know, the repeating of my daddy said you could lose some weight. Yeah, exactly. And they generally will do that at church in front of everybody when it's silent. Listen, a long time ago, my grandfather used to work for the state. And I don't mean at the Capitol, but I mean he used to work for the state of Mississippi. And he got invited to the governor's mansion. It was a big deal. Now, you know, he, I've never been invited okay, there. Well, I, well I, I actually went. So, But he got invited. It was uh, He and my grandmother and they invited their only two grandchildren, my mother being an only child. So my brother and I go. Yeah. And so you're, it's kind of like this procession where you're walking in line and you're being introduced to the governor. And I, don't ask me who the governor was because I don't remember. But anyway, I think it was Finch, but I'm not positive. But it was he and his wife, and I don't know who else was standing there. And this is an embarrassing moment for my grandparents who went on to repeat the story to my parents when they got home that – they walk up, and my brother, being a young kid at that age, repeating what had been taught to him from my parents, proceeded to tell the governor that if he would wash his face, he wouldn't have those bumps. <laughs> that would, like, bury yourself in a hole. Oh, I think my grandfather, and you just have to know him, they called him Smiley because he was... He had Always the, happy. Oh, he had the best disposition. But I think in that instant, he was probably smiling from ear to ear because he didn't know what else to do, and he was probably embarrassed to the hilt. You know, you honest to goodness don't know what to do in a situation like that, of where to go and what to do. And But kids will say things that you don't even – I mean, sometimes you can see it. You can see the wheels turning, and as a parent, you're like, okay, i got to get them out of here because this is getting ready to go south. But then sometimes – just out of nowhere, they say something, and you're like, oh, I could just crawl in a hole that they just said that. But it's too late. They've already said it. So thinking back through your life 
and it's a very short life, I like to say. You're so young. Yeah, exactly. I knew I liked you. So what is it that you think back and you go, and, you know, things like this from high school still haunt you or even grade school. What is one thing that pops out in your head that makes you go, oh, my gosh, if I could take it back, if I could go back in time, I'd fix that? I don't know that there's – see, and I've thought about this. We all have so many embarrassing moments but the only one that comes to mind is, and this really is just something that was more so when I was in my 20s, early 20s, uh, dating this guy. And now let me back up. We're sitting, was a whole bunch of us, and we're sitting at a restaurant. And through the course of the evening and eating the meal, and it was like maybe six, eight people really enjoying the evening. I got up and went to the restroom. Came out of the and when I came out of one of the stalls, I thought, "What? Why does this look different?" I mean, I could see a urinal sitting there. That should have been my clue right there <laughs> that something was amiss. But I walk out and there's a table that must have twelve older ladies that were gathered there for some special occasion. Every one of them were zeroed in on me. So apparently they had seen me walk in to the men's restroom and then a few minutes later walk out. I was mortified. And I don't even think it even registered until I saw those ladies and put two and two. Even when I saw the, you know, it it was a different setting. No pun intended. Yeah, it never even dawned on me until I walked out and then the light bulb went off when I saw those ladies looking at me. I was mortified, but I was also grateful at the same time because nobody had walked in while I was in one of those stalls. But I will always, to this day, this is a learning lesson for me, I carefully look at the bathroom names and, you know, the now they'll have pictures and whatever else yeah. before I make my entrance in to one. You know, and I, you know, thinking back, there's, I have the, did the usual, because uh, I've seen so many people post this about wearing the wrong shoes. I remember in fifth grade, I'd done that, two different types of shoes. Yeah. And as a kid in high school, that was pretty bad. Uh, I've had several other entries, and I may have told you some of these stories, but I can remember being in radio, being live on the air. I get a note. Uh, I'm sending, uh, I think the guy's name was Carl Jackson, and I'd have to go back to double-check myself, but he wrote Murder on Music Row, and it was later recorded by George Strait, and I, I get a note. He's coming in, interviewing. So I'm already live. Guy walks in, interviewing for five minutes, and uh, he was just with the band. It wasn't Carl, and I had no idea because I'd never met the man. <laughs> but he played along, that guy played along with it. You know, he answered the right question. And then, you know, I felt like a complete idiot. After that, but at the very, very top, if you could take it back, and I've told you the Faith Hill gig, hadn't you? Of how oh, I, I, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that has to be my absolute. If I could get rid of it, take it back, I would. So tell tell me again. So what happened? So it was back in the day, and and let me give myself a little pat on the back. We had been nominated for CMA Air Personality of the Year. That's awesome. And it was 
you know, only five people get nominated for it. And, and that's the, wonderful. The Scooby Doo guy won that year, and I can't think of uh, what his name is, but he's the voice of Scooby Doo. Beat us out. Oh, okay, okay. So I felt like I got beat by somebody that was yeah, pretty good. Absolutely. So we go to a party uh, downtown Nashville uh, after the Country Music Association, and fifty people get invited. Very, very few. It was back in the day when it's not what it is now. This was. 99-ish, 2000. So that was an honor just to yeah. get invited. because you got a, an invitation. If you wasn't on the invitation, you didn't get in. It didn't matter who you knew, what you done. So we're going up, and Faith Hill and Tim McGraw are coming down the steps. And I had spoke to her on the phone a couple times, you know, and I'd, I'd bumped into her somewhere else. But she's got, a, if I remember right, this long black gown. It was, just, it was gorgeous, very low cut. And she's got on this here necklace. And she's got bosoms everywhere. I mean, it's they're there. And uh, she has on this necklace with a diamond in between them. And nude necklace meant nothing to me at that point in time in my life at all. But apparently, they make nude chains. And it makes it look like you don't have anything on it. So diamond. all you see is the pendant at yeah. the end. Okay, I got it. And I think her necklace is broken, fell down in between her bosoms. And I commenced to trying to dig it out. Oh, I could. I mean, see I got that. my hands all up in there trying to get it out of there. <laughs> and she she politely explains to me that you know, well, that's that's the way it looks. And I turned twenty five shades of red, and I'm I'm red now talking about it because it it is so freaking embarrassing. So really, it was a good deed that. And the good part of it, Tim McGraw didn't beat me. Because you know he he stopped concerts and whooped people before. Well, and Tim McGraw looks like he has very little uh, fat. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's a big old boy. So, yeah, but it sounded like that was a good deed. You had the best of intentions. I did, and it just didn't go that way. Yeah, it didn't go well at all. And didn't you tell me about that? There's a uh, somebody that had emailed us that was from Atlanta yeah. that had a story about. Wanting to go do some bowling, and the bowling didn't go quite as planned? Now, and she made me promise in, in her email to us that she would drive here and whoop us both Uh-oh. if I mentioned her name because Uh-oh. it was that embarrassing Well, I don't, I don't want to be whipped. So we'll call her, let's just call her Betty Boo. How about okay. that? Okay. But she says she went uh, bowling, in which I have to admit I have never been in my life. Scotty, I'm finding out. Through each podcast, there's several things that you just have not been exposed to. Well, you know, my small town of 480 people where I grew up, that was not offered. Like, I didn't know what golf was, really and truly. You know, I can remember getting my first job. I made $2 an hour, and I drove a tractor. And uh, for the guy in Bush Hog and done all this stuff, I was 14 years old, and I made 100 bucks that first week, 50 hours. I really thought I'd done something. You were but, big time. <laughs> I'll never forget him uh, – uh, we were going hunting that afternoon. He patted me on the back. He goes, you know, your daddy ought to be proud of you. You ain't that one of them little sissy boys out there playing golf. <laughs> and I thought, and I didn't know what golf was. It turns out it's not such a sissy golf uh, game after no, all, but I, I love, didn't know that. I love golf. I had rolled. And it takes a lot of skill to play it. I, I've swung one club, and I missed the ball. And so I thought, yeah, that probably ain't for me. Well, it takes more more skill than you would imagine, as I would think that it takes – I mean, it, it does take skill to bowl. So I'm assuming that the story you're getting ready to unfold is something that didn't go as planned and was yeah. another embarrassing moment for this person. And she's, you said we're going to refer to him as Betty Boo? Betty Boo. Okay. So Betty Boo goes uh, bowling, and she steps up, and she refuses to rent the shoes. And, and uh, Well, you have to admit, 
For anybody that has gone bowling, and apparently you have not, but have you ever seen what they look like, Scotty? The, the sh- they're ugly. I, yeah, I do they're, know that. They're not attractive. I mean, I, I guess in today's world they've gotten better, but still, they're probably the least desirable pair of shoes that you would ever go out and say, I want to wear. And for a female, especially if Betty Boo, as we're going to call her, probably was dressed to the hilt, looking good, could have been on a date, could have been with some friends, I don't know. You know, the last thing that you want to do is you've got this whole ensemble on, is you kind of ruin it with the shoes. Mm Mm-hmm. But she didn't want them. Okay. So she goes out there with friends. And apparently... They do something to floors and bowling alleys. Anyway, she gets out there and she lets loose of the ball and she goes with the ball down the lane sliding because it's greased. (laughs) And to top that off, she had put on her best of the best and even had her wig on and Uh lost her wig in the middle of it. And she had to crawl all the way back up the little thing there in front of all of her friends. And apparently, I guess bowling alleys have... 100 people in them are better. Oh, I mean, it depends. I mean, like on the weekends, I mean, you can, they can be packed. Yeah. I mean, it can be a happening place. And so think about how embarrassing that would be that you, yeah, they do. They kind of um, oil the lane so that the ball, you know, will flow down there. And, um, you know, if you're lucky, you get a strike. But I can't imagine where not only are you embarrassed because you've just busted your rear end, but now you've got to have enough dignity that you got to go pick up your wig. And her fake uh, uh, nails, too, fell off, it says. <laughs> she had to crawl back up. She said that she hurt for six months in her elbow, and she has never freaking forgot it, is the way she put it. And she probably has never frequented a bowling alley again since then. No, I probably would Or wouldn't. at least that one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I would be so afraid that somebody would walk up, knowing my luck, I'd walk in and they'd go, that's that lady, and they would start, you know, telling exactly what had happened when I was there and, you know, what the, it, the event, how the events unfolded. But, you know, it's, you know, you and I have talked before, there's things that you do that it doesn't matter. You cannot see somebody for 20 years and that one thing that they've done will pop in your mind and you go, oh, yeah, you're the guy that done such and such. Or what if you are the one that had an embarrassing moment with that person? Oh, yeah. I mean, when you see them, you automatically think that that's what they're thinking because you just said it on the other side. So it's hard to get out of that embarrassing moment that you might have had with that person because you always think that that's their association with you every time they see you. Joining us now is a young lady named Katie who, well, has a story of her own to share. About 10 years ago when my husband and I were dating, uh-huh. I went over to his house and, uh, you know, doing what grown folks do. Like We were busy. Yeah, like a little kiss here and there. Right, no. His phone the entire time is ringing. Yeah. So, of course, we put it on silent. And he's like, okay, I'll, I'll worry about calling my dad back later. Well, fast forward to later, I'm getting ready to go home. And he calls his dad back. And the phone rings in the next room over, which is the living room. Turns out his dad was there the entire time. <laughs> heard everything. So I didn't get to show my face there for a while. Is that what is called the walk of shame? Is it? Oh, the- de- well, yeah, definitely. Now I admit that one is pretty embarrassing. Katie, I feel for you. There's not a child out there, Scotty, that's not going to say what they're thinking. Correct. And so parents always have to be 
you know, on their P's and Q's. You just <laughs> never know what a child's going to say. Well, here's a couple of them that, you know, we reached out to some folks on Facebook, and we got several of them back that were related to their children. And I wanted to read a couple of them because I thought they were kind of funny. Here's one that was sent to us from Cynthia that said that they were in a long receiving line at a funeral, and her child, and she's keeping the child anonymous, blurted out, hurry up, I want to see the dead body. Oh, my gosh. Now, this is, you know, prior to COVID-19, and you know how long, unfortunately, yes, receiving lines can be. And you've got a crowd full of people in a funeral home, and for the most part, you're talking very quiet, very trying low. to be respectful. Can you imagine? And you know there's not a child out there that doesn't blurt out something to uh-huh. especially when they're anxious to see the dead body. And again, it's just innocent things that children do. And then there's another one that says, this one came to us from, I think it says Sal, if I have your name wrong, I'm sorry, that said that her two-year-old was being held by a woman that she obviously knew who's not said the name, who drew her eyebrows. And we've talked about this, I think, in another podcast that women... Yeah, women kind of lose their eyebrows, or they choose to make them thicker, whatever the case is, so they draw on them. And her two-year-old says, who's being held by this lady, says, you have something on your face. And they went and wiped one of the eyebrows off with their little fingers, probably little dirty fingers to be uh, exact, and said, there, I got that for you. So can you imagine, I mean, those are kind of situations where, Things happen innocently with your children, but you really just kind of want to crawl under a rock because they're going to say and do whatever comes to mind. And most of the time it's something they don't need to be telling in public. Exactly. And so that really makes you just want to hide. Exactly. There is no filter. Whatever they say and think, they're going to do. Scotty, you know there are some people that go in and they have like a root canal done or they have a... You know, maybe an outpatient procedure done, and they have to go under the influence of, like, an anesthesia. And you get to babbling sometimes, and not. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, you have all of these little videos. You know, now everybody records everything. That's the bad thing about it. If it you have an embarrassing you. moment, they're going to capture it. You know, think about 20 years ago, you could have that embarrassing moment, and only you and the person <laughs> that was around may know unless you told somebody or they told somebody. But now we want to capture it. And we got to put it out there on YouTube or, you know, wherever. But it's a big thing where people are just talking out of their heads. I mean, they're talking about fish and there's something on the ceiling and what's this on my arm? And you've got three eyeballs. Yeah, and- they just can't help it. And I guess since you brought it up, I should admit this. But luckily, this happened in the 90s. And back then, a video camera, I want to say... We paid like eighteen hundred dollars in ninety three for a video camera, and it weighed two hundred pounds on your shoulder. Oh yeah, I mean, but that was a big deal then. So it didn't get towed around a whole lot, so it missed a lot of things. Is that a good thing? That's a case? real okay. good thing. But you know, I have I am one of those that I've never gone to the doctor very much for anything. Well, that's good. Three times in my life I've been, four count when I was nine years old. Okay, but I went. I had a hernia, and. 
I was, uh, they do it now, same day surgery type thing. Right. And they put something in my arm that I guess makes you go to sleep and they're rolling like laughing down. gas or something. Yeah. And so Angie comes up and they're getting ready to take me on back. And that nice little nurse comes up and she goes, uh, uh, Mr. Boyd, uh, we're getting ready to shave you. <laughs> and I looked her in the face and I said, and I grabbed my face and I said, but I've already shaved. And I fell out. <laughs> It's probably a good thing you fell out. I had no idea what she really meant until I woke up and the rest of the family was howling about it. And I, they probably got a good laugh out of that. Oh, yeah. Did it embarrass you? It does now, thinking back, because that woman, she probably thought, that idiot. But you know what? They have seen it all in healthcare or dentist. And some of that is, at least if it's an embarrassing moment in a situation like that, you can play that off. I wasn't of the right mind. <laughs> But, you know, there are things that we do that even, you know, we have bad judgment, uh, whatever the case may be. There's just some things that are just down. Our kids say something. We're caught off guard there. And then sometimes we just step in our own poop. Well, you you know me. I'm one of those. I'm going to talk to anybody. And I'll never forget this. Bless her heart. She was mad for a long time. But I went into the bank, and I spoke to a girl that I knew. And she was a very skinny, petite girl. And I was just teasing her, and I said, hey, when are you having that baby? Just like that. And she didn't say anything back. I ran into her six months later. She didn't have anything to say to me. I ran into her three years later. She didn't have anything to say to me. And it had been about six years, and I was pumping gas, and she was across from me. And I said, have I done something to you? And she goes, you don't remember what you said to me? And I said, no. You said I was fat and having a baby. I, no, God, please no. And she had been mad at me for like six years or something, I was just trying to get a smile out of her, and I meant nothing by it, and that was embarrassing. Well, you know there are certain things that you never, ever say to a woman. Well, I'm learning that, but that was so innocent. That can be an embarrassing moment because we are all shapes and sizes, and as you know, usually the older we get, we may pack on a few more pounds. You never, <laughs> even females know not to ask another female because it's just taboo. You don't ask somebody that because you don't know for sure. You let them, you know, when you're like, I'm pretty sure they're having a child, but I'm going to wait and let them reveal that. Guys don't think that way sometimes, and it came back to bite you. It did, but I truly didn't mean it in that manner, and I still stand by that. I, but I know. guarantee you, you won't say it again. Oh, no, I learned a very valuable lesson out of that one. <laughs> So, Scotty, have you ever had a situation where you may have used an inappropriate word? You didn't mean to, but you actually used the wrong word or said it the wrong way. Without a doubt, with all my radio years, I've done that. Yeah, because when you're live, you can't take it back. Oh, no, it's out there. I mean, that's like you've seen episodes where you've got live TV, and they've actually said some... Very inappropriate things, innocently. Yeah. But just, once it's out there. It becomes a tongue twister. And then if you ever get tickled, you can't stop. Oh, yeah. And I, it's just, it's over at that point. Oh, yeah. I would think I would be gone by that point. And then, especially if you're on radio, you know, you can kind of camouflage it, I would think, a little bit. Oh, yeah, because they can't see you. Yeah. But if you're on TV, mm. they're watching you as you either realize that you've made a terrible mistake and it's embarrassing or either you're part of the group as it's unfolding you may not have been the one saying it but you're caught on tv and you're trying to keep your composure all right which and i don't know if you were watching it but it was you know 
Trump has been, I don't know how many times, uh, drug with you know, all these different hearings. But do you remember that senator that was being grilled and he passed gas live on TV? Oh, I saw that. And then he tried to say, I don't think it was. <laughs> yeah, it was. But you can't take it back. No, and you know that was embarrassing. He was trying to cover it up. But there's there are some things that you can kind of cover up. And then there's some things, the only thing you can do is just own it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there, there's no way to back out of it. And it it is... Not as bad if you go ahead and own it. Or what about, have you ever had this situation where somebody's waving to you in a distance, or it, you think they're waving yes. to you, and you don't want to be rude, especially, and I'm not saying this, that Northerners don't do the same thing, but if you're from the South, you wave, you wave, you not, you know, you ride in a car, anybody that spent any time in the South, people will, you know, throw a finger up, they'll nod, right. even in a car, and they're a total stranger, that's just what you do. But when somebody waves, it's just almost called impolite not to wave back it absolutely is but have you ever been in that situation where you wave and you you know you're like i don't know that person but heck half the time we can't remember if we know them or not and then it's clear to them they walk past you and they're still waving <laughs> to, to the somebody person else that's behind you yeah that is embarrassing oh that's i mean that's really where you you're like yeah i, I, knew, I knew she wasn't waving at me and then, you know, there becomes the more humiliating things that happen to you. It's, I guess it's more detrimental when you're in high school than it is after you become adult because there is there is an age when you become an adult where, eh, you know, it's okay. Yeah, I mean, you do become a little more accepting of it. Yeah. And, you know, like where people, I would be mortified if I were to belch or, you know, something like that. But you notice that the older people get the more they're just like, the heck with it, deal with it. I worked up, with, and bless her heart, I worked with a lady a few years ago that went into the bathroom to change clothes. She goes in, changes clothes, and little does she know that the maintenance guy is outside. It had like a nine-foot window, mm-hmm. and he's on a ladder looking down at the bathroom, working on a window. She had no idea. She crawled out of there. Because it was a complete wardrobe change. Oh, my goodness. Don't you know that would be so embarrassing for her to have to look at him? Because we've all had those situations before, and it's like, okay, one of us has got to move. Yeah. I don't know who it's going to be, but especially when you're in a small town and the likelihood that you've had this embarrassing encounter and that you may have to run into them again. Mm -hmm. And it will happen. Yeah, unless you live in a bigger city, it's almost like, okay, one of us has got to move, and chances are it's the one that has done the humiliating, embarrassing act that is feeling like that's the only option that they have. They have to come home and say, all right, pack it up, we're moving. (laughs) You might have heard my wife say that, well, I'm a little bit scared of heights before. Right. (laughs) So we go to, uh, is it Chattanooga, isn't it? Yeah. So we go up and I think it was a zoo and some other things we took the kids to. Dylan Ray was like seven or eight. Madison was three. And my mother-in-law convinces me to get on the incline. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And for those who don't, this is a train that goes up the side of a mountain. I thought, yeah, a train, I can do that. Little did I know it had a glass roof in it. Yeah. Oh, so you're looking out. Yeah. And you you see below. You can see up in the air. Right. And... It goes, it's really virtually like a 90 degree. Don't tell me you started crying like a baby. Oh, I was, I was in the floor hollering like a baby. (laughs) It was like Fred G. How many people were on it? Uh, It was full. Yeah. Yeah. When I, I do not exaggerate when I tell you I crawled the floor because I couldn't stand up out when we got to the top. And, uh, I mean, were people watching you? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 
I think they still got my picture in Chattanooga. We hope you enjoyed our podcast and will continue to listen more. We promise to provide stories that intrigue you, provide a little humor, reflect our heritage and culture, whether it's strange and alarming. Please leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. Let us know whether you liked or disliked. Do you have a story to share? If so, we'd like to hear from you. Please email us at comments at secretsfromthesouth.com and provide a brief description of your story along with contact information and we'll be in touch. Until next time, well, you know a secret? Well, you've probably got a secret you ain't gonna tell.